Hey guys, I just wanted to do a little disclaimer before this episode um, comes on here. Just this is an episode where we discuss miscarriage um, and all of the things that go along with it. Um, we talk about it in a beautiful way, but we do need to do a disclaimer in case this is an episode that maybe is a trigger for you and something that you're currently going through or you cannot listen to. Um, it is something that we discuss openly um, as our guest has gone through this personally and talks about her experiences. Um, but if this is something that is just not something you can listen to, we totally get that. Um, and we will catch you on the next episode. Thanks guys. Hey, all you beauties, and welcome to the Coffee and Concealer Podcast. We are Chen and Jane, the hosts of this show. If you are a mama, an entrepreneur, or someone who wants to be the best they can be while holding that mama fort down and not forgetting yourself in the process, then this podcast is for you. You can find out more or connect with us over at coffeeandconcealerpodcast.com or on Instagram. So go pour a hot cup of coffee and let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to the Coffee and Concealer podcast. It is Thursday, recording night. Um, tonight, we are joined by wonderful Margarita. How do you say your last name? Macias? Macias. Okay, yeah. that's what I thought, but I didn't want to butcher it. Um, and she is a local mama to two little two little cuties. Uh, she's a local business owner. She is a businesswoman. She's got all the things going on. So we're going to deep dive into some super awesome conversations. Some raw, some fun, some, you know, just part of the conversations here. So welcome to the podcast welcome thank you i'm so excited to finally be here and for the 40th episode you so you exciting. are our 40th i love it i don't believe that when you announced that today i, I know quarantine last year i just plowed through Good for you. <laughs> like margarita we were gonna do one last year were we not i feel like it was talked about but yeah you know what? I am happy with this timing and to join both of you. I love it. I know I was, <laughs> I was not as fun as the duo that you now get. <laughs> yeah. I really like upped her. Um, play you off my fun game for sure. <laughs> for sure. Margarita, um, okay. Every time I see your name or it pops up, I'm like, I honestly, this is legit what I do in my head. I'm like, Margarita. Every I'm sure single everybody time. does that. I love it. I love it so much. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, before we kind of dive into some fun questions and, and figure out, you know, a little bit about you, why don't you tell us a little bit about you, kind of who you are and what you do for work? Yeah. So I, like you said, I'm a mama to two littles and one little angel baby. And I kind of do a lot of many things. Um, I have a boutique that I just started like five months ago and it was kind of right when I started a new job as well. And I work at a pharmacy, I run social media for some pharmacies and yeah, that's kind of the gist of everything I do. I love it. You're kind of like an onion. And I say that in the best way. That is what I refer to my husband as, cause he's just like, you think he's one thing. And then as you peel the layers back, cause there's so much more to you that I know just from like being friends for the last couple of years, like yeah. you sing, you're freaking incredible. Thank like <laughs> the, the layers, just like the more, the more you pull back, there's more to Margarita than you just listed, but we'll get there. <laughs> um, All right, Jane. Okay. So Margarita, we're starting this new thing, um, on the coffee and concealer podcast. It kind of makes sense to talk about coffee and concealer or products. And so I'm going to be asking, we're going to be highlighting, sorry, 
a particular drink that we're drinking this week or a cafe that we're loving, things like that, or a product that you're really loving, um, anything really. So for me, for instance, is I have really loved the analog coffee shop. I tried it for the first time today and I went and I got their chai tea latte, which they actually like make in-house. It's their own special brew that they do. They don't just buy like something from like superstore or anything, which I think is awesome. And it was delicious. So I am a big fan of that chai tea latte. Is there anything? It's actually so good. Isn't it so good? Yeah. It wasn't gritty. And that's my one requirement when I have one of them. I'm like, if it's gritty, I won't drink it again. And it was so smooth. Mm-hmm. Big fan. It was perfect um, for today. Side note, we totally went together. Nobody uh, yelled at us. We wore masks. We were socially distant. We did. <laughs> but I had coffee cake from there for the first time. I've never had coffee cake. Holt and I, Holt is my little one. We like devoured it. I gave it to him and there's an obscene mess in my truck now, but it was so good. It was like perfectly iced. It was perfectly spongy. It was so delicious. I've never had coffee cake. And neither had is I. Is it like a pound today. cake? I mean, like, I don't really know what a pound cake is because I'm not Super British. heavy. Okay. Um, <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I'm not British. <laughs> um, is a pound cake heavy? Like, is it? Yeah. It's called dense? pound cake because it's a weight. It was not kind of money like texture. <laughs> no, I know. I know that. Oh my goodness. I'm not that daft. Um, but <laughs> it was kind of like a banana bread texture. Yes. Yeah. But, but it was like still light and airy and like delicious and had like some kind of cocoa-iness in the middle mm-hmm. and icing on. Oh, it was so good. So good. Is it made with coffee? This is probably, the, I, I have just not, this. I have no idea. Well, Margarita. I'm sure someone will tell us. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to ask them next time I go in. I'll find out. Legit. Legit. <laughs> and you work so close to it. Do you go you're there a lot? What's your favorite drink from them? Oh, yeah. I'm there all the time. Um, they should just sponsor me. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> My go-to is a hazelnut latte, and I usually get it with oat milk. Iced mm, um, or hot. So good. And nothing added into it? Well, the hazelnut is, but that's it. Yeah. I love hazelnut. Yeah. Love it. Me too. And is there a particular, (laughs) love it. Is there a particular product that you're kind of digging this week? Like seasons are changing, some makeup trends are changing, or you're just wanting something lighter on your face. Is there anything that you guys are really into right now that our listeners could go check out? Do you want to go first, Margarita? Yeah. um, Actually, I recently changed up my skincare. And so I started using this Vivier and it's like pharmaceutical grade. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's called the, yeah, it's like, it's called the Hexam cleanser. And Mm -hmm. I found that it's just done wonders for my skin, especially since I wear masks all day at work. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's like my favorite product right now. And who's that by Vivier? Mm -hmm. Vivier. Yeah. I, I use a lot of their skincare too. I get it from glow as well. I use their retinol and like clinical skincare has legit cleaned my face up from last year. It's crazy. Is it what combinations, like what type of skin, sorry, would it be best for? Cause I have like super dry forehead and a super dry nose, but yet down the sides of my nose and across my cheeks is where it gets oily. Like I have combination skin. Yeah. I mean, I have combination skin as well. And I found the Hexam cleanser is really great, but they actually have like different cleansers and they have different things, um, like directed towards people with different skin types. So I would just recommend like either chatting with them or like going in and chatting with someone because they can find something for you that way. Totally. 
No. Is this at your pharmacy? Is that no? It's yeah. from. Oh, did you? Oh yeah, yeah. We sell it at um, Create Pharmacy, actually. Obviously. Which is in the Okay, duly noted. Duly noted. Into that. Yeah, I use some of the Vivier products too, and they're incredible. Um, and I there's a place in Calgary called Glow Beauty Bar, and I just messaged her oh, last yeah. year, like this time, and was like, I need help. Like I need help. I was like in tears. I had like cystic acne that was like it hurt. And I was wearing like the mm-hmm. thickest foundation ever to like mask it, which then of course didn't do wonders for my skin. And so she gave me a routine and she's like, it's going to get worse before it gets better, but it's going to get better. And now like I compare my skin to last year and I'm like, like my skin is amazing compared, but the also in turn, the product that has helped that is the skincare, but also the makeup that I use now because it's a cream and it's light and it's not clogging up my pores. And so that in itself has made a world. It's like the two combined. My skin just went, I can breathe. <laughs> oh, I'm going to need to try this guys. Mm. I'm going to have to look for it. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Okay, what's your I'll get you some samples. I'll get Ooh, you some samples. Yes. Please do. Guys, did you hear that? So you guys need to go look, check out Vivier. Let us know your opinions on it. If you've tried it, let us know. Comment on our Instagram about it. Their retinol is like the bomb. Mm-hmm. And Ultimage I have. And that is like Accutane in a bottle. <laughs> I'm very skeptical to try Accutane. Because I've heard, I, I don't need it really. Yeah, no, you uh, don't. The no. pills are harsh. There's a lot of like, even the girl who recommended my like routine did Accutane because her skin was like horrific. Um, and she's like, that's a last ditch effort. Like there are so many other avenues you can go down before you do Accutane. Yeah. I just get like the, I'm very lucky. I only get like the one random pimple every now and then, except for my hairline around my temples. I always get them around there. And that's just because I like my hair to sit on my face. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. I get them because I wear a toque all the time. Uh, there you go then there's margarita here with like uh, we're zooming right now for all our listeners and i can see her and you're just like flawless no no i have a horrible acne just it's where you can't see it i'm serious like it's like again like a long hairline yeah and it's like my neck and my back like i have really bad acne it's just not like right here on my face which is sometimes worse I hate it. Yeah, no, I get it. I totally get it. It's also post kids to your skin changes so oh. much, so much. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, you, they don't let you know what actually happens no. to you when you have a kid. There needs to be a postpartum class. It's not just about like how to feed your baby, but like, hey, you got a fourth degree tear. This is what you should and shouldn't do. This is how it is to poop when you've had a kid. Which stool softener should you be at? This is how you're going to pee every time you You can get it at Margarina's Pharmacy. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Guys, let's set this up. This is amazing. Yes. It'll be like mummy truths. Let's be real. Because I hear (laughs) it in my newborn photography job all the time. I see women a week after they've had a baby and they're like asking me, I'm like, I'm no doctor. I don't know what to tell you. I'm like, just don't take a laxative. I don't know. Like I'm trying to give like medical advice. I'm like, oh my gosh, stop. Obviously I'm not giving medical advice now. Yes. I'm like, I'm not the doctor. My niece, she's, I say she's my niece, but she is 10 years younger than me. Like, She's she's uh, 32 weeks pregnant and I saw her just this past week for the first time because of COVID, but she was also child caring for me. 
and I was so excited and she's got this little belly and everything. And I was like, okay, I'm going to just be completely honest with you of what happened to me after having a baby. It's like, obviously. Told her before she had a baby? Yes, because she needs to know to buy the depends. Okay. That's, that's a, that is a good thing. Yes. I agree. I agree. I'm not going to sugarcoat it, love. I'm going to tell you, you're going to pee when you laugh. Oh, you're going to like tell her your aftermath labor story. Well, no, mine was horrific. And mine because was like that a would one scare in a million any chance to <laughs> never having children. Yeah, no, I wouldn't do that. But to her, I was like, just buy the Depends. She's oh, like, yeah. really? I'm like, yes. Like, oh gosh, don't bother making a padsicle. You, you can if you want, but if you buy the Depends, it's already half done for you. Yeah. Just so, like, you don't have the, to put the hmm? padsicle in the Depends. Yeah. You can make the depend into a padsicle, yeah. which is the nice yeah. thing. Okay, yeah. Then you don't have to put underwear on too. It's just all in one. Those meshy underwear. Oh, yeah. oh those. Okay, actually, those are so comfy. They are comfy, but like, you know, like after a day, they're so like worn and frayed. And yeah, ooh. I just bought depends the second time. There was no dignity. I was like, whatever. I'm comfortable. They're sleek. They're thin now. You can't even see them through my pants. I yeah, got grandma's sweatpants. Sorry, with Reagan, my last one, I got an infection from the hospital on my butt. So I couldn't wear, like I got impetigo, you guys, like it was bad on my butt from the hospital. It's just a matter of circumstance because of how long I was there and everything that happened. But I couldn't wear the mesh underwear because it would pull at the little pustulas. Pustulas? (laughs) I'm trying, this is the worst way to introduce you into a podcast. I'm so sorry, but I had to wear depends because the mesh, yes, the me- my butt's fine. Everyone, my booty is looking good now, but it Jane's didn't. Gonna, Jane's going to ask me to edit this part out. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do I won't. That. I won't because people need to know the That's truth. True. Very true. Yeah. I need to know. And it was horrible. I remember. Oh, just everything was just awful. But the Depends saved me because I'd slather the cream on my butt cheek and throw a Depend on and it would just. And everybody it. tells these moms to like just grab as much stock as you can from the cart at the hospital. But they guard that stuff like it's like Fort yeah. Knox. And so you're like, I only got one pair. How are like, how are those going to last me? I'm like, just buy the Depends. The Depends are they're dependable. That's why they're there. Exactly. <laughs> So there's well, our products of the week, everyone. So um, go get yours yourself de- some depends. <laughs> depends, I guess. <laughs> if you're pregnant or about to have a child, just do it. Invest okay, by perfect. stocking it, for goodness sake. We were talking about skincare and James's girls <laughs> and her item of the week is depends. Okay. <laughs> just saying how I was being honest with my niece about what is what people don't tell you after you have a kid. Yeah, I agree. There's so many and things. And trying to stick pads to underwear to it's just you're bleeding it's already a wreck down there it's just one more thing (laughs) for the one man that listens to our podcast i'm sorry (laughs) i'm not wrecked down there i had two c-sections i am pristine (laughs) wow goodness margarita's like wow what kind of podcast did we come on (laughs) let's move on so those are our that's our coffee shop feature of the week and then a beautiful product, a few products, product. of week, but let's Depends. focus on the skincare. We'll focus no, on that. Depends. Oh my goodness. Um, okay. So let's, we're going to ask you some fun questions just to kind of get to know you before we dive into kind of the real conversation. So, um, okay. Jane, do you want to ask? Yeah. So first off, what is your, okay, this one, I have to tell you mine after I have to share it. Cause it's so funny, but what's your most unusual fear? <laughs> I feel like all my fears are definitely rational um 
Are they though? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, my biggest fear literally is like crashing in a car, but oh. it's like that's heavy, right? It's <laughs> heavy. Um, <laughs> everyone's like, oh. pull it back, pull it back. <laughs> That's I don't a valid know. Fear. You, you, okay, you go. You go first. No, I want to know yours though. Do you not have any weird ones? Not that I can think of off the top of my head. Like, like I just have like or the, like something that you're makes you uncomfortable. Like mine's a weird. A, I'll share mine because then maybe it'll, you'll feel maybe more comfortable. Maybe it'll like ring a bell. Yeah, guys. I this is a legit fear. It's called. I cannot say this right, but it's like chiclophobia or cyclophobia. It's a fear of chewed gum. That's legit. You guys don't even understand. Let me quickly set the chewed gum. Like if you see some on the on the cement. Like, oh my gosh, yes. But I've learned how to like cope with that and not run from it. But I'm not joking when I say if someone is chewing gum, oh, oh, and they go to oh, and they go to spit it out, like even in the garbage can or in like a wrapper, and they're next to me. I mean, like in this world we live in, I'd be afraid too. I remember working at. You guys remember Ranchman's? Yeah. I worked at Ranchman's like a long time ago. I remember my boss turned and she's like, you need to go scrape the gum from under the table. No wonder like, that's no, where your fear oh, came right from. Now. No, my fear came oh. because when I was like seven, I took swimming classes and I was a, like, I was so picked on when I was a kid that some girls snuck and got my clothes while I was in my swimming class and they put gum on the back of my pants. So when I put my pants on after, it stuck to my skin and I had no idea. And so it like super glued, like hardened. And I remember my mom literally like peeling it off and my skin ripped off. And I know that now people say just use peanut butter on it. You have to remember, I grew up in England. Peanut butter is not a staple that you have in your house. It's just mm-hmm. not. I never had it till we moved here. And even then, I couldn't really have it because I was aller- I was allergic. I'm not anymore. Pregnancy changed me. But I was allergic to peanuts, so I couldn't even have it. And it just ripped my skin off. I, and ever since then, I remember a girl, ugh, like, giving her gum to a guy after she chewed it. Oh, my word. I'm going to have oh. an anxiety attack. Chewed <laughs> gum. That's a, it's crazy. It's so weird. Who shares gum? Right? That's gross. That's but they really gross. Right in front of me. It's a legit fear. Oh, okay. Does that you're gonna laugh at mine, but I want Margarita to go next. Because you guys are gonna I, think I'm ridiculous. Oh my gosh. I have this weird like fear and same kind of cringy feeling when it comes to fruit that have any little hairs on it. Kiwis. Kiwi? Peaches, kiwis, anything like that. Like I, I literally will try to avoid giving my kids those fruits because I hate touching it and feeling it. I've never ate a peach before because you have to like bite into that. Right. That's gross. Oh, I'm missing out. It's so good. Would you peel it? Like hairy. You can't bite it. Yeah. I have to touch it to peel it. What if you bought canned though? Like canned peaches. You know what's funny? My kids eat peaches all the time, like in those little Mandarin cups or whatever yeah, they are. Yeah. 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 No, I still won't touch it because I know like where it came You from. know it was fuzzy at one point. <laughs> so were my legs. You can't fool me. <laughs> oh my goodness. And they're swimming in its juices. Nope. I know that you were once fairy. 
anything in juice, even like cereal milk, like that's gross too. Like all those things just gross me out. Oh, that's that's a legit thing. Yeah, I understand that. And they're like, they collect more dirt when they're hairy. I didn't even think of that. That makes it, oh. Isn't it there to protect though? I don't know, but you just envision like the little dirts and whatever, like in the fuzzes of the peach. Okay, what about a strawberry or raspberry? Because they have little hairs. So raspberries, I will not. I will not. Strawberries, I don't typically eat them on their own. Like, I don't think I eat them on their own. I'll eat it like if it's on pancakes with syrup or I'll put it in a smoothie, but I won't just like grab a strawberry and eat it. Okay, so how did that fear start? How did that start? Jane has a reason for why she doesn't like gum. (laughs) What's your reason? I don't think I have a reason. Okay. I think <laughs> I, I was always like that. Like, yeah, as a kid, On I don't day know. One. Maybe it's just like, I feel like there's a video I probably watched of like little gross bugs crawling out of them. Ugh. Oh my goodness. Sorry, okay. guys. So mine is ridiculous and I have no reason for it. I don't think unless like I have some kind of black hole trauma that I've never talked about. But do you know those giant, <laughs> I can't even say, you guys are going to be like, WTF the giant wind turbines that are in like Pincher Creek yeah yeah I'm petrified of them. <laughs> what? <laughs> why I don't know but I get like like obviously I can look at them like as we're driving down the road but like they give me the heebie-jeebies I do not know why I just envision like what was that Devin Sawa movie no uh, idea oh my gosh it was like where death would follow him around yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> I cannot remember what the heck it's called. But anyways, I just envision like this giant wind turbine, like somehow detaching from the giant pole and just like, I, I don't know why I've been like this forever. There's something wrong with me. <laughs> Can we go to one? Like, would you walk up to one? No. You like, n- okay, no, that's what if I handed you a piece of gum? Oh, I'd flip and cry. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not, I, guys, I'm not even exaggerating. When I'm very nervous that people are, you're going to edit this out. <laughs> no, you're not. But I'm very nervous about people knowing about it because people, when they do, they'll come up to me. Thank goodness for COVID, I guess, because now they can't come up to me and show me because they've got a mask on. But they would, people would be like, ew, you don't like this. I'm like, you are actually, ugh. Like, it's disgusting. So I ugh. won't make you go to a wind turbine. Oh, my goodness. We'll, we'll go. We'll all come back off here. You, you'll eat a fuzzy peach. Fuzzy fruit. <laughs> Can I eat the like candy fuzzy peaches? Because those, right. those are good. I don't think that I'll counts. That. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So nice. I'm saying, yeah, sure. No problem. Jen's like, no. <laughs> I am a hard, hard no. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. So question number two, now that we all know a little bit something weird about ourselves, yeah. what do you wish people would stop asking you? Is there something that people ask you all the time? Um. Okay. I feel like there's tons of questions that people ask me all the time. Okay. Um. I feel like the biggest thing, and it doesn't happen as much right now because I have two kids, but it's always like, when are you going to have another baby? Mm -hmm. Or like, when are you going to have a baby? You know, that's just that question. And I feel like a lot of women can relate to that. Yeah. 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 Like you could pop a baby out and the next day someone's asking, 
if you as are if it's easy like and I feel like that question is so loaded mm-hmm. and it needs to stop because you just don't know what people are going through in their own personal life and their no. fertility journey yeah so. I agree I got told right when we went so before me and Zach got married I was 28 when we got married and even before we were married I was asked like when are you guys going to start having kids? You're getting old in life. I was like, I'm not old. I'm 28. My mom had me at 41. I'm not old. Yeah. Um, and it was, and what people didn't know is I was told by doctors that we couldn't have children because it wasn't something that I talked about and like miracles happen and I have two beautiful babies, but that was infuriating. And then when we got married, people were like, when are you going to stop popping out kids? And we ended up getting pregnant very quickly, which again, like, we didn't know we would get it, get pregnant or anything like that. So it was a little miracle. But that question was like, I'm sorry, do you need to know what's happening with my uterus? Like, do you need to know my husband and my are like reproductive schedule? Like, is that any of your business? No. So mm-hmm. yeah, good for you. I hope you tell people where to go, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I've definitely said to people like, oh, I actually just had a miscarriage. And that like you. really shuts them up like mm-hmm. fast. Yeah. yeah. And that's so strong of you to like say that so openly because so many women have miscarriages. It's like one in three mm-hmm. yet we don't, it's not something people really talk about and you totally would have made those people get put in their place. And it's not like someone, it's different if someone was like, oh, are you guys, like, I know you guys want kids. How's that going for you? And like trying to be a friend, that's yes, very yes. different, but it's when someone, some random's just like, when are you going to start having kids? It's like, when are you going to die? Like, <laughs> It's no one's business. (laughs) Yeah. People just are so nosy is what it comes down to. Right. And they just push their nose into your business and they should not. I do have to ask you though, total sidebar. Do people ever ask you weird questions about your name? Um, they don't technically like, they don't ask questions, but what they'll do is they'll have a remark. So it's like, Margarita speaking and it's like, oh, it's my favorite drink or like, you know, I just love tequila and they'll go like off about their trip to Mexico. And then at the very end of their comments, they're like, do you get comments like that all the time? And that, that question I get a lot. Like, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Um, I never get that. To use that. <laughs> no one's ever like, oh, your name is so cool, Jen. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm like, if I'm fake, Jane. Yeah. 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 It's like <laughs> an was, alias, right? One of my good friends, this is so bad, but her email, I won't say her first name, but it was Margarita at the end. And I honestly, for years, thought it was just because she liked the drink. I really did. And then one day I was like, wait a second, is that your middle name? I say she was a good friend. She is a good friend. We just haven't discussed middle names for some reason. She's like, yes, you idiot. I felt terrible. I was like, I'm the worst person. Oh my God. I honestly just thought it's because you liked the drink. And I was like, good for her. Yeah. Idiot. Yeah. Idiot right here. Oh my gosh. I love it. <laughs> love it. All right. Let's go to another question. Um, if you. Ugh, why did I blank on that? What movie or book character do you think that you are most similar to? Okay. Um, it's not a movie, but it's a show. Oh. I don't know if you guys have. Um, okay, wait, but like I'm thinking looks. Are you thinking looks or like personality wise? You could do whatever you want. Yeah. 
Okay. Do you guys know who Shay Mitchell is? Mm-hmm. Yes. You I've literally, 100%. I, don't, I don't think I look like her and I don't think like personally I'm a lot like her, but I've been stopped multiple times, like in the mall or out where people are like, Oh, I, like you look like Shay Mitchell or like you look like that girl from pretty little liars. And I'm like, what? I mean, that's so nice of people to say. She's I a bombshell and so are you. Right? So I get it. Yeah. 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 I a hundred percent see it. And she's Canadian. She is. is yeah. She? Vancouver, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just know she's dating Matt Babel or Babel, however you say his name. And they had a baby. Atlas. What so a cute, cute name. I love it. She has a I love it. You do look too. you do look like her. Jane, who do people say you look like? Okay, it's not true. I 100% know it's not, but I this is a big one. Even my brother, he'll call me this. Nicole Kidman. I can I see, it. see it. I, mm-hmm. mm, no, no. People will come up to me and randomly be like, you look like Nicole Kidman. And so when I would go to like, in my younger days, when I would go to like the club or whatever, if someone said that to me, like, yeah, she's my cousin. I love All the it. time because uh, so when I was it. younger, more I got it more when I was younger for sure. I got it all the time. My brother would call me Nicole, so I was like, "Oh my gosh!" So I'm like, "Yeah," I'm like, "We're very similar." I just didn't get the nose job she did. That was <laughs> that's what I would tell people. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love. I it. don't see it at all. I do. I could see I, it. I can. <sighs> Yeah. I feel you? like Which, it's like a mix of her and Rachel McAdams for you. Mm, yeah. I, I get that and Isla Fisher a lot. And I'm like, it's because we're gingers. Yeah. I get that. But I'll take the compliment. Moulin Rouge is my favorite, favorite movie of all time. And she's a bombshell in that. And I even got my grad dress to be like the red dress she wears in Moulin Rouge. I love I'll it. take it. <laughs> but I don't, I don't see it at all. Jen, do you ever get anything? I have gotten stopped numerous times and I don't see it either, but that I look like Eva Longoria. Oh, oh yeah. God. Except you're definitely white. I am. So <laughs> funny story. My aunt got married in Mexico. Yeah. And so I, I take like, if we're on a two week vacation, it takes me at least 10 days to get any color, but then I'm like tanned and then like it stays. So it was like day 12 of our vacation and we were in Playa del Carmen and some guy like street musician came up and started speaking Spanish to me. And my aunt was like, I don't know a lick of Spanish. (laughs) And so he was like speaking it to me. And my aunt was like, she doesn't understand what you're saying. And so he's like, Oh, Oh, I thought you were Spanish. So I could when I'm tanned, look Spanish a little bit, (laughs) but I'm like the whitest person in the entire world. I'm like translucent actually. (laughs) You get beautiful comments like that. You look like you're Spanish when you tan. I just get asked if I'm Irish because of the ginger (laughs) and pasty skin. (laughs) Which I'll take because Ireland's gorgeous, but I'm not Irish. Yeah, I hear I have you. Family there, but no, but you're not Irish. I get it. So, is um, there a personality though that you think would be like you in TV or in books? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I wouldn't know what to answer. Yeah, like I feel like I'm my own self, but um, <laughs> good answer. Good answer. I wish like to be like I guess, yeah. or like I watch things. And I'm like, oh, I wish I was more like her, but that's more just like. But I don't think I'm off the top of my head. I can't think of anyone I'm a lot like. Uh, I think I'd be just Day. Is it English? Like, 
You guys seen New Girl? Have you seen yes. that show? I think I'd be Jessica Day. Not not as cool as she is. Which one's Jessica the, Day? The main character. Okay. The new girl. Yeah. Just because of the random singing. Mm. I do that a lot. Mm. I'll randomly bust out and I'm like, that's me. A hundred percent. And when you do, I get the voice notes. <laughs> you hundred percent do. At like 11 p.m. Yeah. Um, okay. Same. So what is your culture and what parts of your culture are you most proud of? Um, okay. So my dad is from Nicaragua. Okay. So I'm like a half Nicaraguan. I think it's how you say it. I don't yeah. speak Spanish. So <laughs> don't ask me to say anything else. Really? Okay. Yeah, I don't. Um, my mom is like as white as they come. Okay. Um, Canadian, but I'm also status Métis on her side as well. Crazy. Yeah. Which oh, a lot of people don't know. Cool. Like I would have never paid that. Mm-hmm. That's, that's amazing. Um, so that's so what does that mean? What percentage is that to be status? For me, it's, it's honestly not that much. Okay. I think it's like one sixteenth or something, but it's because I'm closely related to Louis Rial. So that is why. Crazy. I'm sorry. Even my kids are status Métis This as is well probably because... terrible. Who's Louis? Re- who's Louis? Yeah, that's probably so bad. Who is it's, that? No, uh, he's just like a guy. <laughs> um, he was. I don't even really know. Like he's like we learn about him in school growing up. familiar. I'm gonna Google it. Yeah, he's like in. I I don't know. He was French. And I think he was one of the first people to oh, there's go in a school relations named after with him. Would you like me to read what indigenous. Google says? Yes. Yeah. David Riel was a Canadian politician, a founder of the province of Manitoba, and a political leader of the Métis people in pre-Manitoba Northwest Territories. He led two mm. resistance movements against the government of Canada and its first prime minister, John A. Macdonald. Boom. You're a celebrity girl. That's hey, cool. do you guys want to know something crazy? Yes. Now that you just said celebrity, mm-hmm. my, on my dad's side, my grandma's cousin or sister or something was Mick Jagger's first wife. What? They had a kid together. Yeah. Bianca Macias related. Okay. Well, you need to do I a am. famous celebrity check thing on TikTok. <laughs> famous <celebrity laughs> check. Oh my goodness. That's super cool. I am. So they can literally say, I got the moves like Jagger. I see random singing. I got that move. They can literally sing that. That's cool. I know. Oh my God. Are you looking her up? Yeah, but I found somebody that only had 103 followers. I don't think that's her. Oh. She might just be on the DL, yo. Maybe. There's a lot of Bianca Macias's. Like, I wouldn't even know where to look. You're well, just Google stalking them. Mick Jagger's first wife. Oh, oh, okay, 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 okay. Wait, so how is she related to you? Break it down to me. I think she is my grandma's aunt or like cousin or something like that. I don't really know. Like my grandma speaks mainly Spanish. So it's really hard for me to like get the full history of things sometimes. Um, um, she was a bombshell. 
It says Mick Jagger's short-lived first marriage. Mere weeks after his breakup from Faithful, whoever that was, Jagger began a romance with Bianca Perez Mora Macias, a Nicaraguan model and socialite who is said to bear a striking resemblance to Jagger himself. <laughs> That's weird. Is that a compliment? <laughs> I'm not sure. I mean, he's pretty famous, so I think so. Yeah, he's famous, but Elton, I don't know Elton John. I don't want to look like him. No, I I would be like mad about Google's description of our marriage right <laughs> oh my goodness that is so cool though but and yeah okay, next question then last and final <laughs> yeah what is one assumption people have about you and this is your chance to set the record straight oh pressure mm-hmm. um i feel like people always assume that i'm very self-centered what when i'm the what I feel like like I'm com- the complete opposite mm-hmm. and I think it comes from like personally like from a place of anxiety so whether that be that I'm not answering text messages right away or I'm just like not getting back to people um and keeping up with them but it's like in reality that consumes my mind all the time. Like I'm constantly thinking of other people and like, oh, I wonder how so-and-so is doing with their sister who went through this or like what this is going on. But people assume I'm so in my world and that like, I'm only focused on me and it's the complete opposite. That's insane. I agree. And that's not fair. No, the first day I met you, I knew that that would, that wasn't true. Like, Maybe if you have never met you, that's exactly <laughs> but I feel like it. the second you meet you, you know that you're not like that. Oh, but even you. with how you present, because we only met actually for the first time today. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but I've been following you on Instagram, like a little stalker. We've already established I stalk people, but like <laughs> you've never portrayed that even through your stories. I would never think that about you. And again, I think it's like the people who aren't, actually paying attention to like me on social media or anything like that, or haven't talked to me before. Yeah. It might just be like a picture or it's like, they see me in a store or something and they just assume like, Oh, she's just mean and self-centered and more worried about herself. I think people think that about me. (laughs) What? Cause I think I come across as a bit of a B occasionally, which I'm not, but like, you know? Oh my word. I'm like rolling up sleeves, yo. Can I go start? <laughs> oh Violence is in the amps, huh? Oh my goodness. She's spicy. She's a spicy girl. No, I'm just um, like surprised by all of that. That's very shocking. I thought you were going to say something about, oh, people assume I speak Spanish because I assumed you spoke Spanish, which is ignorant of me to think now, but I did. But I yeah. assumed you, and I know we're going to get into this, but I assumed that you were spicy because you were Spanish. But just like, do not cross margarita because you're done. Oh my gosh. Cross me a million times. I am the most forgiving person <laughs> in the world. I am like, give way too many chances. Oh I, I don't know how to like say no and to take people out of my life. I just... I see the the thing, the problem with me is that I see the potential and the good in literally everyone. And so it's like, it doesn't, it almost like doesn't matter what you do. And I'm like, well, I know that that, that, that person is there. We just got to get back to that person. What's your Zodiac sign? I'm a Pisces. Mm. Oh, you just had a birthday. Yeah. March 3rd. 
Did I wish you a happy birthday? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So now that we know a little bit more about you, I know that you guys just met today. Can you correct me if I'm wrong? Did we meet at that mock wedding shoot that I did? Was that the first time we met? No. Mm, okay. When did we I meet? I think, I think it was at Ella Bella maternity boutique mm. in, when she was still in Willow park. Yeah. And you did like a mini, it was either Valentine's day or Easter. Gotcha. And, and I brought Lincoln when he was a little babe. And then after that, we basically used you for every single Alabella shoot known, known <laughs> to man. Um, but then we did a mock wedding shoot and you came and I feel like that's when we really like got connected. And yes. since then, I think I've been doing your photos now for pretty much since your son was very little. Yeah. Five, five years now. Oh yeah. Gosh. Crazy. Okay. So now that we kind of know more about you and all of that stuff, I want to kind of open up the topic about something that you've kind of almost self-advocated yourself into, which is talking about miscarriages and child loss and, and things like that. And I feel like it is such a taboo topic. I do feel like I see the wheels changing. I feel like people are slowly kind of coming out and it's not such a like, oh, we don't talk about those things. Those happen behind closed doors. We don't discuss it. And I feel like people like you and other people are sharing their stories and making it just more of like a comfortable thing to talk about. You have to, I could not. So thankfully I'm very blessed that I had two beautiful boys and never had a loss. I'm very thankful because I know how common they are. I will tell you during our second pregnancy, there was a looming fear in the back of my brain to not ever get attached to hold my little guy because I felt like I was going to lose him. I don't know what that like fear was, but it was like devastating to me for at least the, a good half of my pregnancy. Cause I was like, I'm going to lose him. Why? Like I can't connect with him at all. Like going to tear up. Um, and he's like my little baby. So I'm very thankful that like I had that, but that fear is there because it is so incredibly common. So do you want to talk kind of about your story and tell us about it? Yeah. Um, so I had a miscarriage about four years ago. I had, I had Lincoln five years ago. So healthy pregnancy. I got pregnant without even like knowing that I was pregnant. Um, and everything was cool. So when we were ready to try again, it actually took a very long time for me to get pregnant again after Lincoln. And I found out like the day after mother's day, it was really exciting. And I was completely just like, I had no clue that things could end like the way that it was. It was like, okay, I'm pregnant again, like making all these plans, buying all these things. And, um, we told our families pretty early on. Um, and two days later I miscarried. I was, getting ready to go to work. I set up a show for Lincoln on the TV and I just like kind of felt this gush of liquid. And I was like, okay, well, you know, it could be anything when you're a mother. Like, it's like, did I just pee myself? Like, I don't know. <laughs> so I went to the washroom and there was a lot of blood. And I know that bleeding can be completely normal in pregnancy. Um, but something inside me like knew at that moment, it was like, this is not good. And this is, I don't feel good. Mm -hmm. So we, I like, I called my husband right away. We went to the hospital and 
we were there for so long. Um, I like nine or 10 hours for them to tell me that I was having a miscarriage. So we like, we got into our own separate room and stuff. And, you know, they ask you like, how long have you been bleeding and all these things. And we went to an ultrasound and they did the ultrasound and the tech wasn't allowed to tell me anything. And I went back to the room and the nurse came in and she was like, so like at this point, I have yet to talk to a doctor. And she said, like, the doctor can't speak to you for another three or four hours. Oh my gosh. And then she was like, but I can relay the information if you want. And I was like, yeah, like I've been sitting here waiting. And she said the words that every person like dreads to hear, there was no heartbeat and there's no, there's no baby. And I just like, remember like sobbing in the room and like crying so hard. And almost immediately she was like, here are your decisions you need to make. And it was like, I was still processing like what was going on. Lincoln was sleeping like on top of me. And I mean, I'm with my husband and it's just as much his loss as it was Mm -hmm. my loss. Mm -hmm. And I'm now have to make this decision on how I'm going to lose the rest of the baby, like how I'm going to progress in this miscarriage. And I think that's like where the conversation needs to happen is I knew nothing before it happened. Basically like in pregnancy, they're like, if you start bleeding, go to the hospital. And that's like the end of the conversation. And I don't know if that's just for me or if that's like for everyone, but that's all I knew. And so I went to the hospital and then you're forced to make these decisions. And there's like three or four decisions that you have, like that you have to choose from. You can either miscarry naturally, you can get a DNC. So you can go into surgery and they'll take everything out of your uterus. Or you can take like a pill to help like quicken it up if it's not fully progressed yet. And I was not fully progressed yet because I hadn't had any cramping or anything like that or loss of tissue. And so something I feel like that people don't talk a lot about is kind of like the decisions that they do make and um, whether they would make those decisions again, like God forbid they ever have to. But um, I, I decided in that moment that I wanted to do it naturally because I was just wanted to hang on to this little baby for as long as I could. And I was like, maybe like, maybe there'll be a miracle and heart will start beating again. Like, and all these like thoughts go through your mind with that. And I remember like going home and just waiting and waiting. And when it happened, when it finally happened, I was home alone. Mm -hmm. Um, Lincoln was like on the couch And I was in the bathroom screaming in pain because I think the thing that people also don't realize is you are going through labor, Mm -hmm. like you're going through the motions of labor and you are, you're left alone just as much. You are, you have to push that baby out, not as hard as you would like a full size baby, but, and it all, it depends on how far along you are in your pregnancy. Your body still has to, Mm -hmm. lack of a better term, but like expel. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I remember thinking I was going to die. Like I was ready to call 911 
I was screaming and screaming. And then, and then the baby was out. And I think this might be like too much information, but I scooped that little baby out of the toilet. Oh, hon. And I just like, I couldn't understand how I was just supposed to flush her down the toilet. And is that, sorry to ask, and I'll cry with you because I've also had a miscarriage, so I know what it's like. Um, every journey is different, obviously, but is that what they had just told you to do? I had mine very early, so I didn't, I went through similar, but not the same. I mean, is that what they had instructed you to do? Just they, they were like, you can, you can catch it. Like we could give you this thing to catch it. You can bring it back and have your baby cremated yeah. or like just flush, flush it down the toilet. It's okay. Cause they're very practical. At least they were for me. It was like, it's tissue, it's tissue, it's tissue yeah. to try and make you not, I think for me, at least it was to try and make me not attach or have more attachment than I'd already had. Yeah. Um, so they just kept referring to it as tissue that is not alive. Um, so can I ask what you decided to do? Um, you don't, well, please don't feel like you have to share. That's personal. No. Yeah. Um, like at the moment I didn't take home the kit that they said that they could give so that you could cremate the baby. And I feel like if I ever had to go through it again, which hopefully I would never have to, I would choose to do that. But I did not flush her down the toilet. Like you could see her little fingers and toes and like, like, I know, I'm sorry. That's too much. You can edit that out. No, it's just like, that's how real it is. It's a visual. It's a visual to say that this wasn't just an embryo. This was a baby. Yeah. Can I ask how many weeks you think you were? Um, nine weeks. Hang on. Just goes to show you You what it is at nine weeks that they had fingers. Yeah, you can see the little, like, they, they are so tiny, but you can see the the fingers and, like, the toes oh, and, like, the eyeball and stuff. And it was so small in a, like, in a sack still. And, and I feel like I was, like, I felt like I was crazy. Like, I literally felt like a crazy person because I was trying to figure out, like, why did this happen? Yeah. Right? Like, there's just not very many answers. Um which I did end up getting an answer for, which most women don't get an answer no, for their miscarriage. I was going to ask, are there, obviously, again, I've, I've never had one, so I don't know if they ever give you a reason. Is it just your body wasn't ready? Is that a hormone imbalance? Like what is the, is there anything that they ever tell you? Well, usually I feel like they don't know, like, but you're right. Like it could be a hormone imbalance. It could be um, just that they did like something with the genetics and it just doesn't, They just don't mix well together. I don't really know the science behind it, but for me personally, I, it sounds like I had a, like a cyst in there, which is like a whole other story because I found out I have PCOS like later, like a year and a half later. Um, and basically like this cyst or something grew around the, sack of where the baby was and completely cut off all like circuit, like all the blood flow to the baby, which is so like mind blowing. And, and so because of that, like, I felt like, what was my fault? Like, I didn't know that I had this other condition and I didn't know that I should have been taking progesterone and that I should have been doing this. And so there was a lot of like blame that I took upon myself. Yeah. Um, 
and then obviously like a lot of change that came with that, um, learning that for future pregnancy. Sorry. Um, Point blunt though, you're not to blame. Please don't ever think that you are to blame. Yeah. And that's hard. I had my miscarriage very, very early. Um, but even now, like I, I know I just said it to you, you're not to blame, but even now I get into my head, like, oh my word, that was because of me mm-hmm. kind of thing. But it's, it never is. It's, it never is. And it's unfortunate. It's it, what you've had happen was a freak, like circumstance, but that yeah. please don't ever blame yourself for that. Cause it's, you had no idea. On, on the same token, I feel like there are women who, again, I, my mom has passed now, but she drank and did drugs and did all of those things. And you see these women that are, are doing those things and they still conceive a healthy child oh. and the mind games that come into your brain. And you're like, how is that fair? Or, you know, like you're doing everything, you're taking all the vitamins, all the, all the supplements you need. And yet something like this happens to you. My sister-in-law, my husband's sister has spina bifida. And this was in the eighties. And so when they found out she had spina bifida, they were like, you need to abort her. Like that's oh, this is just God. what needs to happen. And my in-laws are very Christian and they were like, we're sorry. Like that's not an option for us. Like regardless of what her life looks like, we are going to take it with whatever it comes. And in the eighties, obviously it's very different. They, they knew nothing about spina bifida, like very, very little. So my sister-in-law was born and she is in a wheelchair. Her legs don't work, um, but she's the most able-bodied person you've ever met. And she often says to my mother-in-law, like, could you imagine if you like, let me go? Like, I'm, I'm one of the strongest people. She just had her 58th surgery. Like it's, it's insane to me. So, but people, and like now in utero, people can fix things like, or like try to fix things like spina bifida, right? Like it's, it's come mm-hmm. full circle, but I just feel like there's just so much pressure on us. And, and if we look at someone who's not taking care of their body or their baby and they have, or conceive a healthy child, you're like, I just, I don't understand how that's fair. And so then we do self blame. We're like, I, I don't have any other option. Right. So it's, it's so tough. My gosh, I am so sorry that you went through that. Well, thank you. Yeah. I feel like it's just like, you're clinging for answers because yeah, you're just like, well, why? Yeah. Like, why, why me? Why now? Yeah. Like, is it going to happen again? And I think that's like a, a huge thing too, is talking about like, after you have a miscarriage, it's like, yeah. when you tell people like I miscarried, it's like, Oh, I'm so sorry. And that's then it. that's where it that's, ends. That's it. Like I returned to work the next week and, and that was that. But the reality is, is you had, you went through labor, you had a baby, however that looked like for you and your body is still going through those hormonal changes. You're still mm-hmm. bleeding. And, um, there's just like so much that happens after that. You were postpartum. Yeah. And people don't recognize that. And people don't talk all. about that. Actually, that brings me on to something that just in, um, New Zealand, they just approved paid leave after having a miscarriage, which That's for one, well yeah, done amazing. New Zealand. You got yeah. a lot of things right, mm-hmm. lately, especially um, <coughs> COVID. Um, <laughs> but they did. They've gotten that right for sure. And do you think that Alberta is going to be anywhere near that? What happened with you when you went back to work? Um, it sucked. I mean, I worked yeah. in a place where there was a lot of 
um, expecting moms coming in through the door. And I remember the first time, um, that one did and, (sighs) and she literally was like telling us that she was expecting and her due date was two days before I was supposed to be due. Mm. And I just like went in the back and like burst into tears. And I was like, I don't know if I can do this. And like, luckily at the time, like I was working with my mom, which was nice. And she'd never went through anything like that. And neither did anyone on my husband's side of the family. Like no one I really knew had gone through it. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was, it was nice that she was there. Um, for that support and stuff. But yeah, people just expect you to like bounce back and like get back to your job and not be upset about it. And you receive comments like, oh, well, it's one in four. So it's common. And as if you're just supposed to not care and get over it or, or you can just try again. You're young, you're healthy. Oh gosh. I hate Yeah. Well, I should have been young and healthy this time around, but like, yeah. obviously that didn't happen. So yeah. it's just things like that. Do you find that those comments come from men or women or both? Both. I find it comes from people who have no idea what a miscarriage is and they don't know anyone who's gone through it. Because if it's one in four, you would think that they would know someone. I think it's higher than that. I'm going to. One in three. I'm going to Google. Well, there's two and three sitting at this table right now. Well, figuratively (laughs) a table. Yeah. Um, And I know how incredibly, especially being a newborn photographer, I know how common it is. By the time people come into the studio with a newborn, they're on their rainbow baby. They've had a couple of miscarriages. Oh, no, I'm reading that wrong. Keep going. Keep talking. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's one in four. Sorry. It is one one in four. four. Okay. Yeah. Um, Okay. So obviously I I know that we're going to go into another part of this, but I really want to quickly touch on the fact that you do have another daughter. Um, Mm. and she is now how old a year and a half? She is 16 months going into 17 months. Okay. So what did that look like for you? Obviously full of fear. I get that. Yeah. I mean, even just trying to get pregnant was like, was hard with, I was told like, I wouldn't be able to do it without fertility treatment because of the cyst. Because of the PCOS. Yeah. That's what it was for me. Yeah. Yeah. I got two kids without it. Yeah. So basically like a month after I'm told this, I found out I was pregnant and I can tell you every moment after that was like, okay, but how much longer? Yeah. Like you have a higher risk when you have PCOS to miscarry. And it was just like, how much longer? Every single time I felt a cramp. Every mm-hmm. single time I had any sort of discharge, I assumed like, oh my God, it's blood. Like I'm bleeding, something's happening. And every stage of pregnancy was not as exciting as people I feel like assume it would be because, oh, you, you're now pregnant again. That's really exciting. And, and yes, it was, but it was also full of this fear in the back yeah. of my head of like, when is this going to end? Because it ended last time. And then it's, it's kind of like what you said, Jen, um, you try not to get too attached to it, too attached to the idea of a baby. Yeah. Um, it took a long time for me to be like, oh, okay, maybe I'll stay pregnant. Yeah. Maybe I should start planning. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was a lot of, a lot of that. And then of course, when you go through something like that, like miscarriage, I did a lot of research after that because I knew nothing before that. But I think that 
um, kind of hurt me a little bit because then I'd done more research on like stillbirth and, and all of those, everything else that could possibly happen. Like you end your pregnancy, like you, you come to full term and you're ready to have a baby and now your fear is not ended because you have a full term baby, but like, what happens when this baby's delivered? Those are now your fears. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I had Lincoln five weeks early too. And so it was kind of like, am I going to have this baby really early? And like, am I going to have another preemie in the NICU? Or if, if she is full term, like, you know, when we go over 40 weeks, is something going to be wrong there? And I had her at 41 weeks and yeah, and she's stubborn, isn't she? She's sassy. Yeah. Yeah, She's a sassy little girl. Yeah. Yeah. She's spicy. (laughs) I love it. She's your Spanish spicy girl. Um, what I, what I think people don't realize is when you have, when you fall off a horse, you are nervous to get back on. Yeah. When you were back on that horse, this is coming because I've I used to horse ride a lot. Um, when you get back on that horse, you are constantly worried about the next fall and how you're going to land and how you're going to pick yourself up again. And it is. And just even getting your foot in that stirrup to get up on a horse, it's a lot of telling yourself you can do it. Everyone behind mm-hmm. you can cheer you on, just get back in. And it's the exact same way with pregnancy. You might have, like for me, we miscarried. We don't need to go into that, but it wasn't fun. It was sad, but we did. We got pregnant with Reagan, our our second, our our third pregnancy, second second live child. And it is nerve wracking. It's, it's very scary. And the whole way and everyone, you know, they do, they just say, oh, well, you just, you can get pregnant again. You can have another one. It's okay. And it's like, no, I need to grieve. Yes. And there's no limit and there's no rule book on how you should grieve. Mm-hmm. And, and if you have to go now, back to work a week after that happens, yeah, there's yeah. no grieving process there. No, we're just like, we're not time. expected to grieve because no. society has made it that way. It wasn't, I a feel baby. guilty grieving. I'm not, yeah. I'm using my hands. It wasn't a baby, an eight pound, five ounce baby. And so it wasn't a live baby. Yeah. yeah. But even like, I, I don't think you guys follow this girl on Instagram, but her name is Brittany Boren Leach. Oh yeah. my gosh. Her, yeah. And her yeah, little true. boy. And so now like those fears happen, like her, oddly enough, Holt's name was actually going to be crew. And so like something in my brain was like attached to him. And so when she lost him, I was like, can you imagine the fear that she is, is going through with her little guy now? Like she's had her rainbow baby. And she said on her story a couple of weeks ago, like as Cole, her new baby approached crew's age, she was like, what happens after Cole is at the age of where I lost crew. Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. she's like, what happens next? And like, oh my gosh, like the, the, the fear. And for me, again, I, I just felt because the st- statistic is one in four. I was like, okay, I, I had a healthy pregnancy with cash. Like something has to go wrong with this pregnancy. I didn't want it to happen, obviously, but like one in four, that's not very many. And I see it in my job all the time. I'm like, I just need to hold on to Holt as much as I can, as long as I can. And Again, I'm very thankful that nothing happened, but like that sense of fear, my gosh, I can't, I can't even fathom it. Yeah. I feel like there needs to be more resources for women in their early pregnancies, because I feel like you're told, like, you can't even tell anyone until you're in your second trimester. And that first trimester feels so lonely and those fears creep in. And even if you've never had a miscarriage and you never had any problems, 
you still think, what if this is the time it does? Because you've done your research and you know, yeah. and yeah, there needs to be more research. That's a really good more point. Open conversation about it. A really good point. Like I remember, I think the rule of thumb, I'm using air quotations, is that you only tell the people that you're pregnant who would support you if you lost the baby. It's kind of like this mm-hmm. oh pas, if you will. And you're absolutely right. We should be able to tell whoever that F we want to tell. And if mm-hmm. something happens, something happens, but it's almost like it's your hidden secret until then. Like don't yeah. tell anybody in case you lose somebody because like, why is that? It doesn't make any sense to me. Now that I'm thinking people about get it. awkward. Yeah, but loss it. is one in four. Yeah. We had one more lady thing. on our screen. We were already outweighing the odds here. The problem is, I'm not trying to be devil's advocate or anything, but when someone goes through grief, no one else can dictate how that grief is supposed to be dealt with. Yeah. Um, and as the outsider to that grief, you don't know how it's, it's an uncomfortable conversation because you're also scared to say something wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to those people who are on the outside of that miscarriage, they're saying things. I have to. I have to give them a bit of leeway when they're saying things like "It's okay, you'll get pregnant again," because they're just trying to say words of comfort. Because there's no rule book on how to help someone. When my father died, people didn't know how to act. Yeah. We had yeah. some people who were amazing supports, right? Who were just there. But there were some mm-hmm. people who really didn't know how to act, and it's. It's because there's no rule book and everyone grieves differently. I think the rule book needs to be created. But there, how can you though? That's the problem because there's so many different. I mean, like maybe not a death of a parent rule book, but. No, but even for miscarriage, because it's still a loss. Yeah. 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 And every woman like deals with their miscarriage differently. I had women who miscarried and they had like, I'm not going to say zero attachment, but the way that they viewed it was like, it just chemically was not meant to be. Yeah. And that was like that and that's fine and stuff. But yeah, I feel like it, it is so different for everyone in the way that they grieve and stuff. But I think the biggest thing is just acknowledging that it happened. Yeah. Acknowledging the talk. woman and the baby and that she went through that. And then yeah. just su- asking like, how can I support you? Yeah. Right? Like even the rule book I know. think needs to be not for the grieving moms, but the, the other people, if you're someone's support and someone is going through this, this is how you can help those people. Don't say X, Y, Z because it doesn't help. Yeah. That's what I mean. Not the rule book for, for grieving mothers. Uh, obviously we all grieve completely different, but I think that society needs to know how to act because I don't think they do. So they say yeah. the wrong thing. And yeah, the fathers though, need credit too. Hmm? Cause the dads, yeah. the, the dads are grieving. Zach grieved. Yeah. I was just going to ask felt, how your husband dealt with things. Yeah. Zach felt very helpless. Yeah. Like he struggled a lot with that. And he, he was even, he'd even say to me, like, I don't know how to help you. Yeah. And I'd say, there's nothing you can do. Just hold me. Yeah. Right. But who was holding him? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Even when you have birth, sorry to side note this, but even when men give birth, everyone always checks in on the wife and the baby. Even when men give birth? (laughs) Even when women give birth, everyone always checks in on the mom and the baby. And I remember a friend of ours who is a father actually turned to Zach and checked in on him after Mm -hmm. Lexi was born. Because he said, I wish someone would have checked it on me. Totally. It's a life adjustment for them as well. How did your husband, did he have any support? Because he lost a child too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
I felt like he was even more sad than I was like when it initially happened, like he would just be crying all the time. And even the mention of it, he would just cry because I feel like the way that he viewed himself, like in the family is he's the protector and he, you know, he was out of his control and exactly. It was out of his control. He didn't know how to help. He didn't know what to do. He couldn't take the pain away. Mm -hmm. And I think that was really, really hard on him. And I mean, it's hard on me as his wife to then be that support when I'm as well grieving. Um, But I'd say like, he probably, he didn't really have anyone like, because his parents, like they never went through that. And, and I don't know, we were just kind of like, no one wanted to talk about it outside of just Kyle and I and stuff. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. That's tough. They get forgotten about for sure. Yeah. And I just think as well from, and I can only talk from my experience. I know everyone's is different, but with pregnancy in general, they say that the man bonds typically better after the child is born because it's not in their belly. And for you, that baby was in you. And I, I don't know, but when I first found out I was pregnant with all my pregnancies, I was like, I am a goddess. Like I am the giver of life. Like, you, you, and you instantly, you're very protective very quickly of your belly and you're very protective of everything that you're doing for the life of that child now. Whereas for the men, they can't protect that baby. They can only protect you. That's their one job, right? And then they bond with the baby. Once the baby is born, they do, they have a better chance, right? Yeah. Is this making sense? Sorry if it's not. Yeah. No, but for, for, for the men, you had the chance to actually know that baby it's yeah. not fair, not not as much as you would know your children now, but you still knew that baby. You felt that connection and they didn't get that. So I think the grief for them is also just different. I, I don't know if this is making sense in my head. Yeah, but, like they didn't get the chance for that. Like they yeah. were completely robbed of anything. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it, yeah like. This is a terrible analogy. Maybe I just didn't use it, but I'm going to say it. It's like you're baking a cake and the cake just doesn't turn out. This is terrible. But you were the baker and you saw the ingredients and you got to taste test and you just got a little sweet moment with that cake. They didn't get the cake because they weren't there for any of that stuff either. This is terrible. Sorry, everyone. That makes sense in my head. But yeah, I hope it's making sense. And I just, I remember I felt, sad for me, but really sad for Zach. And the crazy, yeah. like our miscarriage was very early and I feel silly sometimes grieving it still, but I still get that way. And to anyone, doesn't matter if it was day one or day or week 40, a loss is a loss. And it doesn't matter where along the spectrum it happened. Yeah. I I'd be that. like saying that you lost a parent who was 50 versus losing your parent and they were 87 years old. A loss is a People loss. People do that. People do People need that. to view it that way. Yeah. yeah. And it's sad because it would be like, oh, you're only five or six weeks. Okay. My body carried a life for through. five to six weeks. Do you know how much stuff happens in five to six in weeks? In five to six weeks. It's insane. And it, you're not wrong either, Margarita, when you were saying like, you're cramping, your, your body's going through labor. I was, I never saw mine. 
Um, and I, to be honest, I count my blessings because I don't think I could have handled that, mm-hmm. but I was still cramping. I cramped, I bled for three weeks straight, heavier than any period, anything just, and it was agony. And we were actually on a road trip. We had gone to Vegas. We were driving down to Vegas and I was shooting a wedding for Zach's best friend. And that's when it happened was in a hotel. Oh it was gosh. agony. Like I remember phoning my sister, not knowing what was happening because I didn't want to, you know, U.S. healthcare Ugh, as a traveler. I had it, but I didn't want to use it because it's still expensive. And I remember phoning her and she was a midwife. And I was like, you need to talk me through this because I don't know what to do. And do you know what all, all she could do? Advil, Tylenol, Advil, Tylenol, keep alternating. That's even what the doctors said. Mm. Advil, Tylenol, Advil, Tylenol. And it was for three weeks and it's, it, you're in agony. You are oh in gosh. pain. She shot the wedding while having cramps and oh my God. All bleeding. Yeah. It was, we went and we got me some Depends. Yeah. Um, And I was just in agony the whole Mm -hmm. time. It was very, very painful, but. My goodness. Um, All that to say, all that to say, I am so happy that you are bringing a light to this. I know some other people on social media, but I feel like you've really taken this as like, this is your cause. You're so near and dear to it. You're bringing light to it. Like it's not a taboo topic. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about how to handle it. Let's talk about the things you can say to someone who's going through something like that. Because I feel like so many people have no idea and they're like, oh, they'll talk behind closed doors to their spouse. Oh, so-and-so is going through a miscarriage. Oh, it's terrible. And that's where it ends. There's nothing else that's said. So thank you for being that person. Cause I feel like people are going to listen to this episode and, and hopefully fingers crossed know a little bit better and have a little bit more knowledge as to what someone's going through, right? It's not just a period. They're not just having a menstrual cycle. This is, this is a life. And that in itself, I think needs awareness. So is there anything else you want to add before we kind of totally switch gears here? (laughs) (laughs) No, I think you said it, um, very well. And, and same as you, um, I'm looking at the screen when I'm saying you and you, (laughs) (laughs) you both said it well. And I think, yeah, just remembering like the biggest thing is like, it doesn't matter how far along someone was. Yeah. And you would never, you would never say to someone who lost their kid at five years old that, well, he was only five. So it's fine. Like, you know, you can have another kid who is, goes into an adult, like, yeah. You would never say that. So I think that's the biggest thing. And that was the biggest thing that hurt the most mm-hmm. when people would talk to me. So no, I agree. Yeah, just, I think you need to write that rule book. You need to, you need to get it out. I there don't for know people. the rule book because I've also had friends go through miscarriage and I have felt awkward myself on the opposite end. Yeah. Yeah. That's Even fair. though I know exactly like what not to say, I still was like, well, what do I say? What do I do? How do I be there? Because you I just up. don't know where yeah. they are with it too. And I think a huge thing is acknowledging yeah. that, that baby and stuff. Like my best friend sends me flowers on exactly. the anniversary every year. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I think that, um, to all our listeners out there, if there's anything like this that you're going through, if, if you are going through this dreaded experience of having miscarriage or you recently have, or, you know, someone that has, um, please reach out to people, reach out to people if they need it. If, um, if you need it, if you need someone to come and take care of you for an evening, to watch your kids, to make you dinner, there are so to, 
to talk to. There are resources out there. There are people who are trained. There's the pregnancy care center. Mm-hmm. These are people that are trained to help with this in a professional setting. And then there are people out there who just love you and who yeah. want to help and they just don't know how. Yeah. I find that's yeah. a big thing is people don't know how. When my father passed away, which obviously I know was not a pregnancy that was lost, but I remember there was a gentleman who my parents knew and who my brothers knew. I knew who he was. I, we were just like weren't bosom buddies kind of thing. And he made an effort to come and grab the car keys he didn't even like, didn't even phone. He just showed up and he said, give me your car keys. And him and his kids took the cars. They were older kids, took the cars of everyone and went and got them detailed, vacuumed out and um, washed. And I remember sitting at the table when he returned the car being like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, because there's a funeral. And just as you dress yourself up nice for a funeral, you're then traveling in a car to the grave site. And he's just taking care of that for my mom. Mm. He's just taking care of that for my brothers. Like who would think to go vacuum out their car? Yeah. No one. And he just, he just showed up and he just did it. And I'll never forget that. And I'm like, Oh, I need to be more like that person who just shows up for people in a time of need and does something for them. And I'm not saying you have to go out there and vacuum a car because someone had a miscarriage, (laughs) but just show up for them. Yeah. Yeah. Be there for them. Even if you're just sitting in the living room with them yeah, yeah, what, and letting them talk about it because yeah. it's such a taboo thing to talk about yeah, and just yeah. checking in on them and the flowers, like what a nice thing. Cause you know, you'll never forget that day. Mm-hmm. I'll never yeah. forget that day ever. Just like I don't forget the birth of my kids. I won't remember. I won't forget the loss of one mm-hmm. and you do. And so it's just nice that people are there to show up for it. 100%. Yeah. Sorry. 100%. Um, okay. So switching gears completely. <laughs> um, I know that you kind of went on your social media. I want to say it was a couple of weeks ago and talked about an incident that happened to you in Calgary. Um, I have to talk about this cause it is everywhere, not just your story, but stories everywhere. Um, this gets me angry. I'm just going to warn you. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. I know. Me too. So there's been some creepy circumstances. If you're not from Calgary and you're from somewhere else and you're like, what the heck are they talking about? I'm sure it's happening everywhere. But in Calgary, there has been documented reports um, on like social media recounts, not reports, because the police are actually saying that there's not very many reports. I'm using air quotes filed. Um, It's just social media stories and things like that. Um, They came out today. The police came out with a statement today. I'm going to try to find it. I saw one earlier, but that basically said like, if there's something that's happened to you, please report it. But anyways, um, so I've seen things in parking lots, in mall parking lots, in grocery stores, creepy people following you around in like a home sense store with, you know, things like that. So you tell your story because your story gave me chills. Yeah. So I went to the grocery store, a grocery store that I frequent like quite a bit, um, it was like 4.30 in the afternoon, just going in to pick up a few things. I knew exactly what I was going for. Uh, but the moment that I walked in, I noticed that there was a guy there on his cell phone and his headphones in, and he was talking talking to someone. And I mean, that's fine. Like people do that. So that wasn't necessarily the first red flag. But then I walked over to the bakery and I saw a very similar thing a guy on his cell phone talking to someone with his headphones in. And it was weird because 
I felt like the two guys were possibly together. They were kind of like looking at each other very discreetly, um, but they weren't actually speaking like face to face to each other. And I was like, hmm, that's weird. Did they have groceries? Sorry, did they have groceries? So they didn't have like any basket, any cart, nothing in their hands. They were Hmm. just kind of looking at things, but not, not really looking. Like they weren't browsing, but they were trying to make it seem. Cause I know I go into a grocery yeah. store with just my wallet sometimes if I just need oh, one yeah. thing and I like beeline it for it. Yes. And that's right? the thing is you're usually like beelining, you're in, you're focused. These yeah. guys are kind of just like, like dill daddling around. And again, I was like, okay, well maybe it's just whatever. I'm just, I've seen so many movies and I've read so many stories that sometimes I make up scenarios in my head before I'm that they happen. Way. I'm a big right? crime junkie fan. So yeah, I get it. exactly. So I'm like, okay, okay. Let's get out of that train of thought, but also pay, I'm paying attention to these little details. So then I, I got what I needed on that side of the store. And all I had to do is beeline to the other side. And I started walking faster because I'm I'm just not a slow walker. And I noticed that the two guys like came up behind and then the one guy like went down the aisle to the other side, like parallel to me in the store. And then as I'm walking down, I can see down the aisles on the side and there's another guy, the third guy, headphones, cell phone, talking, no basket, no cart. And then there's a fourth guy, same thing. And so at this moment, I'm like, okay, they're all kind of following me in this direction. None of them are shopping. None of them have anything. They're all on their phones, on their headphones. That's weird. Why would there be four guys like that? And they kind of all looked like if you put them together, they look like they're together, but they were all separated. So I walked down the last aisle and before I'm about to turn the corner, The first guy at the beginning of the store is about to come around the corner. He doesn't see me yet, but he says on his phone to whoever he's talking to, I found her. And when he turned the corner, flipping creep, it was like, I think that was the moment that my like heart sunk to my stomach. And I was like, this something is up. Yeah. And I was like, and you know, like in the movies, when, when something happens and then you get all these flashbacks of all these moments that show you what led to that moment, like aha moment, that's mm-hmm. exactly what happened. And I was like, Oh wow. Like walked into the store, saw this, no baskets, no this, why are they doing this? And he like looked at me and then turned towards where the ice cream was and pretended to like, look at that. And then immediately started following me back towards where the registers were. And I was like, okay. Did you confront him or anything? I didn't. Okay. No. And these are things like, I feel like I should have done. There's a lot of like, I should have done this. I should have done this. But your response, like in a moment, you just like, you, you can't predict it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like fight or flight. Right. Like, and for me, I, I just wanted to get out of there. Like, I was just like, I just want to, I just want to leave because I felt that the longer that they had their eyes on me, the more that they could learn about me or like whatever it was. So I go to the till and I'm talking to the clerk and I was, I was humming and hawing on whether to tell the clerk what was going on. But at the same time, we talked about this earlier too. Um, 
I see like the good in people and I'm like, Oh, like this must not be what's happening. Like this, this can't be, why would people do that? Even though it is a very true reality of things that go on. And so I texted my husband and I said, I think I'm being followed. And I went to leave the store. And for anyone listening to the story, that's something I probably shouldn't have done. I should have stayed. I should have talked to the clerk. I should have called the police, all of these things. But when I was walking towards the front of the store to leave, two of the guys were now together. Two of the other guys were together. They were looking at each other, kind of like talking, nodding their head, looking towards me, nodding their head. And there was one moment where all four of them didn't have their eyes on me and they were looking at each other. And that was the moment that I decided to like get the hell out of there. And that's what I did. So I got out. I knew exactly where I was parked. I was parked close to the store, got in my car, locked the doors. And from where I was in my car, I could still see the front door, but they couldn't see like that I was in my car. And they were like looking around and they just kind of like shrugged their shoulders and went back in. And that was that. Could it have been more? I don't know. Is it? Did they go back in the store? They did. Yeah. With no, like, again, no, no cart, groceries, no groceries, nothing. They didn't wait in line to buy something. They just like came out. And I don't know what their plan was, but I think the, the biggest, cause people like on the internet, like who are reading these stories and responding to these stories, a lot of them are very like skeptical about it. And they're like, what do you think would happen? Like they're going to pull up their big white van and shove you in. And that it's like, is what's happening. Is it? That is what, yeah. that is what's happening. Holy shit. Oh, sorry. This like, I'm sorry, but this like really pisses me off yeah. that people are so, and like, I'm not mad at you when I say this, but people are so afraid to offend the bully, for lack of a better term, the person who's in the wrong. They're so afraid of doing that. That is happening. That happened in Calgary. A woman was leaving the gym. She managed to fight them off. But men drove up in a van as she was leaving the gym and grabbed her. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah. This is happening. It just happened in Okotoks. A van of guys pulled up to a woman who was, I think she was leaving Winners, if if I'm remembering this correctly, asked her for directions. She was like, I don't know where that is. And went to carry on and goes, no, go tell the driver. Go let the driver know. And she she said, no, I don't want to. And the driver went, get her. And the guys jumped out the vehicle and oh she gosh. booked it into the dollar store. Oh my gosh. This is happening. And I'm I'm so sorry if I'm wrong on those facts. I'm not trying to like spread fear or anything. No, no, no. But this is happening. Yeah, it's a real thing. It's not just like scare you while you're getting your groceries. And they might not have put like they have a goal. on you, but they might have looked at where your car was and they might have already known where your car was. Did you yeah. not just, just even the other day I was reading on Facebook, someone posted about how they were on, I think they were on 14th. I think it was 14th and they just dropped their friends off and they're driving and they're at a light and her car didn't have automatic locks, but she by like instinct had just like locked her doors after her friends let, got out of the car. She's driving home. And again, some guys pull up, they get out of their vehicle and they start pulling on her door handles while she's at a light. So 
without like, we're not spreading fear. Obviously we're, we're telling true facts, but I did see, and it's like anything. I feel like these things have always happened. They have. Social media is huge right now. I know Jane and I had a conversation earlier today. Yeah. These things have happened forever, but people are finally talking about them. And people, I think women yeah. are finally like enough and it's just crazy. And so it's, it's almost like the COVID thing, you know, when we had H1N1 or meningitis or whatever, we didn't have, we didn't have social media. And so the conversations weren't happening. And so the fear wasn't happening because it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind, but now everything is just like in your face. And I feel like now people are just noticing, like for me, you know, like I live close to 130th. And so all these people at like the home sense, watching yep. people like come in and they're like talking on their phones. I've never had that circumstance, but I will tell you, I left Michael's the other day and I was strapping. I only had my one son that, that day, the other one was at school and I was looking over my shoulder as I was strapping in his car seat. And I shouldn't have to do that. No. Yeah. I should be able to have whatever, just, and I'm an independent person, but I'm like, I want to carry bear, bear spray. Like I think I that's the pepper spray is illegal, right? But I don't care what's legal. At this point, you dog don't. Spray. Yeah. Um, or like the personal alarm. Like I have one of those as well, but still like, I don't think that they'd be super scared of the alarm. It might startle them at first, but if they're going to try to take you, they're going to try to take you. You need to injure them with pepper spray. Or I know I've been talking to my husband's gym, his Muay Thai gym to offer once these restrictions come down a little bit, offer self-defense classes. People need them. People need to know how to get out of whatever position you're in. But also like people just need to be like more aware of their surroundings because prevention is key, right? Like hope is that they don't get your hands on you. But if you're, you have your headphones in and you're not paying attention and you're just like so focused on whatever it is that you're doing when you're Mm -hmm. out and about, then that those are the people that they look for. That's why right? I loved when you said your story and I wanted you to talk about it because your attention to detail of like the headphones with strings, you yes. know, like no grocery bags, no carts, no baskets. Like those are yeah. all things that people will pay attention to. I have to tell you a funny story to kind of like break from all this heaviness that is our chat. I swear we're like <laughs> not heavy people, but I went into Michael's that day and I went in with my little son Holt. I was holding his hand. And I happened to just, as we're walking in the door, it was like where the handicapped parking spot was. And my eye like glanced over and there was a big white truck and there was a Hutterite man in there. And he just stuck out you're not going to see this, but he like stuck out a plastic container out of the window. And I was like thinking he was going to ask me for money because I didn't know who he was at first. And he was trying to sell honey. Oh my God. And he legit got so mad at me when he was like, do you want to buy some honey? And I said, I'm so sorry, sir. Like, I don't have any cash right now. I only have my debit card. And uh, he got so mad at me. He started like, what is with all you young women and not carrying money and cash and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, I'm not buying honey from you now. And so in (laughs) my head, I told my husband when I got home, I was like, I only had like a $50 bill. I'm not going to buy $50 worth of honey from this man who just yelled at me. But (laughs) you just don't know. Like people who are trying to sell honey are now going to be painted as like perpetrators. Yeah. Right. 
it's, it's a sad world that we're living in where, and like, I talked about this in front of my husband and he was just like mind blown because for women, it's like, it's so different. It's like every single time you go out and like every single time you're having an encounter with a man that you don't know, even some that you do know, you have all these things in the back of your head and all these like possible scenarios and like what Mm -hmm. if this happens and like you're hyper aware of these things and my husband was like I never even would think of those things and I'm like yeah because like like I told my husband I said women have this like kind of understanding that if they're in a bad situation you just go up hug another woman even Mm -hmm. if you don't know her and you just be like hey like it's been a while and you like you can whisper in her ear what's going on that school, but you just do that. And other women know like to just mm-hmm. go with that. And my husband, even like, during COVID, if someone comes and hugs me, I, you're, you're safe. You're with me. Yeah. 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 There was a video that was circulating. I want to say like sometime I saw it last week and it was this young girl, I think somewhere in the States. And there was a girl who was talking to some guy on a sidewalk and she, the, the girl who made the video was like loading her groceries in her car or something. And she was making a video. I don't know why, but I'm so glad that she was, but she was like talking on the phone. She's like, there's a girl across the street. I feel like she needs help, but like, I don't want to be that weirdo. And so she just randomly put her groceries on the trunk of her car and walked across the street and was like, oh my gosh, Felicia, I've been looking for you. Come on. We need to get in the car. We're late for, we're running late to the party or whatever. And the girl didn't even hesitate. She's like, oh my gosh. Yes. Like I, I lost track of time. And, uh, and the girl, the girl was like, I'm sorry, who are you to the guy? And he's like, oh, I'm, uh, mm, uh, mm. and she's like, yeah. Like we have to go. We're late. And she got in the car and they locked the doors and she's like, where do you need me to drive you? And I was like, oh, like, yeah, yeah. Like clap because those are the circumstances that need to happen. It's just crazy to me. Like it just gives me the heebie jeebies and men don't think about it. Like I saw, um, a, a local girl, Calgary, um, named Taya and she posted in her story today that she was like the little things that us moms like running to Walmart for 20 minutes. that used to be like almost an outing for us. We're like, Oh no kids. Like we don't want to do those anymore. We're petrified to go by ourselves. And now yeah. our husbands have to come to the grocery stores because we're like, we don't want to go by ourselves or I just order groceries. But then I said to my husband today, what if, and this is just my brain going, what if the grocery delivery guy or the skip the dishes guy is someone like that? And now they know where I live. Yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm just going to never leave my house. Is that the option? That's a real fear now. (sighs) It is. Yeah. And again, not to be like fear mongering, like that's the one thing I don't want us to be doing to people. Yeah. But we need to be knowledgeable as well. Exactly. We're just trying to help educate and help people be more aware of the surroundings and at least the fact that Margarita, you texted your husband to be Mm -hmm. like, I think I'm being followed. Good. You let someone know. So now he's on alert. So if you're not home or if he doesn't hear from you when you're in that car, an alarm is going off for him as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like I said earlier, we're always so scared to offend people, but if someone is following you, if someone is standing too close and we all have that intuition where you're like, uh, something's not right. Mm Mm-hmm. Flip and say something. The worst yeah. you're going to do is offend a total stranger for, for what, 10 minutes? Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, do. like if they weren't doing something weird, like think about if someone like accused you of doing that, 
like chances are you'd probably laugh it off and be like, I can't believe like, and you'd be more yeah. hype, like aware of what you're doing, but people who get angry and have that reaction, that's, that's a little red flag right there. I would I'd hope. Like, oh, so sorry. Like I didn't even realize I was doing that. I didn't yeah. realize I was following too close. I was off in my own world. You'd apologize. Yeah. And yeah. then you try and laugh it off with them. But I do mm-hmm. feel like with COVID, people are at a distance. And so it's even more apparent now if someone's that close to you. Yeah. Um, I also would hope that like the stores, the grocery stores, the home senses, the winners are more vigilant. But I said to Jane earlier, we need to have some kind of, I forget which crime show I was watching because I'm obsessed with all things crime. Not this kind of crime, please. Not this kind of crime. But like a volunteer force that is, you know, every night there's a group of them that driving around, you know, the quadrant of the city and just going to these local spots that are like, you know, the seat and save on, right. Like just to see like what's around or see if there's any circumstances and they have the ability to, you know, notify the police or they have, you know, ability to detain someone if something happened at the save on until the police can come, because what if those guys get away? Someone else is going to be followed in the seat and save on. Yeah, actually, okay, I read this story that there was this girl in Chinook either yesterday or the day prior, and she was harassed by, like, these men, or one of them came up to her in the store and was like, like, take off your mask. And she was like, no, like, I don't know, like, what the hell, leave me alone. And he was like, I want to see your face, like, take your mask off. And he started, like, grabbing her he was very angry with her right from the get-go and then like some other people intervened and then he left and he had said something to her along the lines of like i'll see you later or something like we'll deal with this later or something and then so she was escorted to her vehicle which is again great if something like that happens amazing yeah and there were four guys out there waiting oh my gosh by the vehicle and you know what my first thought was i told my husband this 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 sounds crazy but i was like what if those were the four guys at the store and they're looking for me because i everything i've heard has been four guys Mm. i was like what if they asked her to remove her mask because she looked like me and they're looking for me and i was like now i don't want to go anywhere i haven't been to the that grocery store since that incident and that was in february and it's, it's not even like something crazy happened, but every time I go to drive and turn in to get there, I drive away. And your I know it's are busy now. Yeah. It's I just like, and I know I'm yeah, aware, sorry. but I know I'm aware and I know what I would do now, but it's just like, what would you do now? What would you do differently? I would have stayed and I would have told someone and called the police, but I, I think like a lot of people say, like, say something to those people, yeah. but I feel like I'd want to be more secretive about it. Like, I wouldn't want them to know that I'm onto them because I want them to stay so that when the police come, it's like, they're still around opposed yeah. to them taking off. And then the police come and then like, well, they're gone now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Take a picture. I feel like of them. I'd try to be like a spy in that way. If I really? saw them, then I would like, if I saw that again, like maybe I help another woman who's like not paying attention. Right. She's like, and that's, that's another thing too, is that it's not just like looking out for yourself, but it's looking out for other people as well. Maybe it's like, I 
young mom with her kid and the kids having a tantrum and she's not paying enough attention, but you noticed in winners that this guy was following her and then he followed her in home sense. And then yeah. it's over here and you're like, Hmm, something's going on. Yeah. We need to have each other's backs for sure. Yeah. Anyone Ugh. listening to this, if you're one of those people who are following people, stop being a freaking creep. Yeah. Can you just come here and I'm going to bear spray you and hit you with a sledgehammer. That's my. I, it's, just, it's, it's we Women deal with enough. I mean, it's not just women who are getting this. As we're just talking about that. miscarriages and labor and birth and like all these things. And here now we have to worry about these kinds of things. Like there are shops where you can go and get your toys and f- deal with your life that way. You don't need to snatch women anymore stop it because that's typically what they're going into yeah is trafficking yeah yeah like leave us alone back the f off and go pay for it somewhere else exactly and there are women that will pay for it so yeah go go to that community thank you for letting us talk about these yes, really hard topics you. like i get that they're really hard and really scary and um to to our listeners i just want to preface like Again, if you feel like something's off, if you see something, say something. Um, There's no harm in getting an escort to your car. There is no harm in calling someone out. Um, Just be safe. It's sad that we have to say this. It's so sad that we know how to carry our keys between our hands kind of thing. But just please be safe. Um, And And trust your intuition. Yeah. Your intuition is key. You know. You just know. Yeah. Yeah. Let's... Let's move on to something a little lighter just to finish this whole conversation off. This has been a very long, in-depth conversation. Things. Now, earlier when you were, when we first were introducing you, we were um, talking about how you're also now a business owner. You own a woman's boutique and it's called uh, Lilac and Eve, right? So cool. Yes. Yeah. Um, And I just ordered a shirt from her, which I'm really excited for. So everyone should check it out because they're super cute. Um, But you know, I'm also a small business owner. We both started off during COVID. Yeah. You know, the time I hate, we're a COVID shop. Yeah. Um, but what made you decide to take this leap and how's it going? Yeah, um, well, it's something that I had been wanting to do for a very long time. And I feel like people who have the comment of, oh, you're just a COVID shop, doesn't really realize that there's actually probably a lot of prep work and a lot of dream work that yes. brought you to that point. Long and before just- it. Exactly. It's not like I woke up one day and was like, yeah. And even if you did, I'm going to do it today. Like, even if you did, good for you. But yeah, exactly. Who cares? Not your problem. Um, So yeah, it's, I've, I've always wanted something along the lines of a shop or like a clothing line. And this was from when I was a kid, I literally drew up a whole plan. It was going to be called triple M and I was going to have an active line and I was going to have all these things. And so I was like, I'm just going to do it. I was just about to go back to work. I was having trouble finding work and getting interviews. I'd sent out like 30 resumes. I was like, oh, great. Like there's nothing for me. So I decided, you know, I'm just going to go for this and I'm going to do this. And I did end up getting another job, Um, but it's, it's going pretty well. I feel like I've learned a lot. Like I, every single time there's like a launch or a new product or something, I learned something along the way. Um, and I've had some hard lessons and some great lessons and yeah, I just got like all these fun ideas that I 
I'm so excited for. And one of them is being the Juliet collection. Yes, I was going to ask. She announced this last night. Can I just say, I'm lying in bed and I'm watching your Instagram because, again, I stalk. And (laughs) you're like, guys, I have something really fun that I've been working on for a while and I'm just, I'm going to do it. And here's a little sneak. It's called the Juliet Collection. And I like sat up. I was like, tell me more. (laughs) I need to know more. You can't just call it the Juliet Collection. And then then go, bang. No, tell me more. Tell me what you're prepared to share. Yes. Okay. So... It's something that I've been wanting to do since I had a miscarriage. So this kind of ties everything in together. So when I did miscarry, we did name our baby and her name is Juliet Rose. You named so, her? So beautiful. Oh, like, couldn't, I couldn't not like after seeing her. Okay. Like, it, yeah. So I, I had to, I had to give her a name. And so this Juliet collection is going to be geared towards mothers who have um, gone through infant loss um, or they're going through infertility or anything like that. So I have these rainbow like and angel mama tees and pullovers that I'm designing. And each like rainbow is going to have a different color depending on the month. So you know how like each month has a different Mm -hmm. color. It's going to be like that. So if you, you could choose, like if you miscarried in June, then you could have the June colors. Um, of that. April. Sorry, mine would be April. Oh, April. <laughs> what color would that be? Have you already picked that color? Off the top of my head, I can't remember. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I have it like already and I have it all labeled, but I can't remember each mm. month's color. What but, a beautiful idea. Yeah. Yeah, I it's gonna be fun. Idea. There's gonna be some like lost gift boxes for and cards and stuff that I'm designing. That is a well. great idea. So it's going to be fun. There's like lots of work to put into it. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> Do you have like an expectation for how, like when you would launch this? It'll be in April um, oh. and it'll be like, I'm hoping before to give enough time for Mother's Day. Yeah. Um, so that way, if you want to acknowledge a mama who's going yeah. through something or who has gone through something, um, then that option is there for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. that. I love it so much. That's so nice. Uh, that's cr- like crazy for lack of a better word that what you talked about miscarriage earlier. Yeah. We ha- I had no idea everyone that this is what the Juliet collection was like. I wanted to be surprised in the moment. That is so good. And it yeah. is, that's going to help so many people. Cause again, we, people don't know how to react to the grief, those who are grieving. Boom. Yeah. She's taking care of it for you. That's amazing. Yeah. There, did you, I have to ask, did you get that idea from yourself or was it someone that inspired you? Um, there is a shop that did inspire me. I think it's, she's called Ray Bloom, Ray okay. Bloom or something. She's in the States. Is um, she the one that Brittany Bourne Leach got a kit from? I don't know. She got a beautiful box that was after the passing of crew. That's why I thought maybe she inspired you. It was something along those lines, but it was very like a very delicate, like, I don't know if you guys noticed that the Cardinals are kind of like their thing whenever they see like a red Cardinal hmm. is kind of what reminds them of crew. And so they had like a beautiful little, it's very custom. It was like a beautiful ceramic, like Cardinal 
you know, like decor, things like that. Um, but I love this idea that you have so beautiful. Yeah. I'd say like the idea of having the colors of the month and like mm-hmm. having that represented in the rainbow and I, and I can customize it. So if you want to have the colors from the month you miscarried in the month they were due yeah. or the month you got pregnant, like I could do all three kind of things. So I want it. That kind of idea was, um, that's all me. I love it. I <laughs> love it. If there's anything you need to help you with this, please let us know. And we can let our listeners know. Listeners, if this is something that you're like, heck yes, yeah. like I want in, I want to help, yes. shoot Margarita a message because it's now this is going to be your community, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you want some rainbow bracelets to include, you let me know. I see you wearing yours. I see you wearing yours. I love it. (laughs) Oh, I just think that's such a beautiful thing because like, just like for you, you celebrate her, right? Yeah. Remember her. And so just what I think women want to, but it's awkward for others. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so nice. That's such a great gift. Yeah. I think it goes really like well with the world changing their view ever so slowly, but like, I think it will eventually with the help of people like you who are so open about it, become a less taboo topic and, and bring light to the situation. Right. I think these hard topics in life, like I'm a prime example. I talk about the things that no one wants to talk about on my social media and, and that's slowly bringing light, but like, it's okay to talk about those things, right? Other people need to hear them somewhere, somewhere they do. Right. Oh my goodness. Well, what a amazing chat. This is incredible. I am so glad. This is a lot. This was a lot to die. I need a drink. (laughs) Margarita's like, I I thought we'd be Margarita. I need another mug. I need a margarita. Just kidding. That was a terrible joke. Have you ever heard that before? Oh my God. Sorry. I'm being such a little brat. (laughs) You're so funny. Um, Honestly, it was incredible. So if people want to follow you, follow your boutique, how can they find you? Yeah, I'm on Instagram, Lilac and Eve Boutique. And I also have my personal page at Margarita Macias. Amazing. Yeah, because like I said, they're super cute. Yeah, I'm going to go buy it. What is what does your boys one say? Life is better with my boys. Yeah. And I need, well, I need to get the girls one so I could be like, no, life is better with my girl. Right. And yeah. boys are crazy. I should just make one that's like, life is better with my kids too. Because like, some people have one, one, one being like, have one that just says, my life's good. I'm alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. We'll do like a full photo shoot with like all of them. <laughs> I love oh my it. Gosh. I life love it. When my kids are asleep. <laughs> oh, yeah. amen. my goodness. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, this is such a good chat and I cannot wait to post it. It will be live in the morning uh, for those that are listening when it's live. Here you go. <laughs> Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Hey mamas, before you go, if you love this show and found it benefited you in an amazing way, take a screenshot of this podcast and post it in your Instagram stories. Tag us in it and we'll share it. And also, if you haven't gone to iTunes yet, taken 30 seconds to leave us a review and told us how much you love us, go do that. It pushes us and lights us up like you can't even imagine. You guys are why we decided to do this show. So thanks for listening and we can't wait to chat with you next time.